the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. How do I sound from here? Here I am. Yes, uh, we're got, I'm, I'm no longer sitting at my uh, office at my palatial estate in Washington County. But uh, today is the first day back here in the palatial studios of uh, AM 1250, The Answer. For the past 15 months, my studio has consisted of my office and a piece of equipment that's a little bigger than a smartphone. And we just, I'm here in the studio and I went to talk and there's no mic. We're, we're, we'll get this figured out. You know, it's been 15 months. Anyway, here I am now. Um, and it's still me, so I wouldn't expect anything any better than what you're used to. Maybe a possible exception of slightly in, uh, increased sound quality. The good news is that I didn't die from COVID-19. As a matter of fact, I never contracted the disease. Lucky me. So we're almost back to normal. No masks to be seen here in the building and people going about their work feeling safe and not having to worry about the chance that, you know, they catch the disease that they have a 99.7% chance of surviving. When I left here back in March 2020, I'm pretty sure we were still talking about that uh, that curve we had to flatten. That's all we had to do was flatten the curve. Pretty sure that uh, curve has flattened, but it is good to be back. Working at home is nice in many ways, but it also can make you... I uh, feel like a prisoner after a while. It's, it's good to get out and feel like a human being again. Of course, the question is always going to be, was it worth it? Not the stay-at-home policy of AM 1250, the answer. There was no choice at the time to do that. Uh, no complaints here. I don't think anybody has any complaints about that. But everybody at that time thought that catching the disease was a death sentence. But were the massive lockdowns and shelter-in-place orders necessary? And did they do any good? Well, some really smart people did a study, and since today is my first day back in the building here and back in the circulation, I thought it would be a good idea to take a look at that study and talk to those people, and we will do that after the break. And you're going to find out that it probably was not worth it. But here we are, coming to you live and direct from a real live radio studio. Stick around. By now, you've all heard me talk about my pillow and how it's literally changed my life. They won't go flat. You can wash and dry them as many times as you want, and they maintain their shape. They're made in the USA, and for a limited time, Mike is offering his premium my pillows for his lowest price ever. You can get a queen size premium my pillow for twenty nine ninety eight. That's regularly sixty nine ninety eight. That's a forty dollars savings. Kings are only five dollars more. All my pillow products come with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Go to mypillow.com and click on the radio listener square and use promo code STAG. You will also get deep discounts on all my pillow products, including the Giza Dream bed sheets, the my pillow mattress topper, and my pillow towel sets. Or call 800-716 
800-716-8087 and use promo code STAG. 800-716-8087, promo code STAG. Have you heard? Rodents are taking over. According to various news articles, recent COVID-19 related disruptions have caused abnormal behavior in rodents, making them become more aggressive. Don't let your home or business be invaded with a disease-carrying rodent infestation. Keep them away with Plug-in Pest Free. G'day, I'm Scott from Plug-in Pest Free. Using the active wiring in your home or business, Plug-in Pest Free goes to work keeping rodents and pests away the more humane way without using toxic poisons or other harsh pesticides. Just plug it in. It's that simple. Now that's fair dinkum. Stop the infestation and order yours today at gopestfree.com and receive a free hand sanitizer pen with every order using promo code PEN. That's gopestfree.com, promo code P-E-N. Go pestfree.com, promo code PEN. Don't spray and regret, plug in and forget. Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret. We make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things, like buy a world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's, so thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover. All for just three bucks, plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 3388 at checkout. That's harrys.com, code 3388. Enjoy. If you're thinking of replacing your carpets due to pet stains and odors, you must try Genesis 950. The reviews are amazing as this is one product that actually works. With water, it breaks down the bonds of stains and odors so they're gone for good. Its antibacterial component removes pet odors from carpet and padding. It can be used in a carpet cleaning machine and it's green so it's safe for your family and pets. Genesis 950 is made in America. If you are tired of pet cleaners that don't work, it's time to buy Genesis 950. One gallon of industrial strength Genesis 950 mix up to seven gallons of cleaner. But Genesis 950 is not just for pet stains. It's great for bathrooms, kitchens, floors, upholstery, and grease stains. Consider Genesis 950 before purchasing new carpets. Genesis 950 has great customer service. Order one gallon direct at Genesis950.com to receive a free spray bottle, free shipping, and $10 coupon using code PETS. That's $10 coupon using code PETS. That's Genesis950.com. Discount only available at Genesis950.com. Genesis 950, much cheaper than replacing your carpets. You're listening to The John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer. Well, since today is the first time I've done a show from the studio since March of 2020, I thought it would be a good idea to jump right into how effective all the lockdowns and shelter-in-place orders have been. So I went to a study by PNAS, that's uh, Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences. The headline of the study is, Quote, evaluating the effects of shelter-in-place policies during the COVID-19 pandemic. Anthony Fowler is one of the co-authors of that study, and he joins us now. Anthony, thanks for coming on the show. I appreciate it. Thank you, John. It's good to talk to you. So, uh, did you do this study from home, or were you allowed to work at the office? 
we did the study from home. We, uh, yeah, we were, <laughs> we, I was, I was at home just like you were during all yeah. of the pandemic. And I actually, this, this study actually came out of a class that uh, Chris Berry and I taught to a bunch of uh, undergrads and master's students where we, we were all stuck at home and we thought, what's something interesting we can do? We thought, well, we study public policy. Let's, let's collect data on policy responses to the pandemic and see what their effects were. Did you go into this study with any preconceived notions? Any idea of what, what did you think we, when you were going to find? We, you know, we tried not to. We, of course, you know, just wanted to collect the data and write an honest study and, and, and report the results as we found them. But I think if we had any, if we had any hunches, we probably suspected that the lockdowns were effective just mm-hmm. because, um, you know, sheltering in place is, of course, there are good scientific reasons to think that social distancing is an effective way to stop the spread of the pandemic. The open question was, how effective were those policies at actually getting people to socially distance and, and, and limit the spread of the disease? Yes. So, so what, what qualifies as an SIP, or shelter-in-place policy? What, what, what does sure, that include? We, we were studying, you know, all of the county and state-level orders that, you know, that included business closures and included, you know, safer-at-home, shelter-in-place kinds of orders where essentially people were, people were ordered to stay at home except for essential, essential activities. Yeah. So, um, you know, it varied a little bit from state to state and from county to county. But, you know, if your state or your county came out and said you should be sheltering in place and you shouldn't be going outside unless you absolutely have to, those are the kinds of policies that we're studying. And so how, how did you allow for differences in, in different states and counties? I mean, how, how much difference is or was there? So, so, so one big difference is the timing. Obviously, there were some states, you know, uh, Illinois and California and so forth, lots of states that were pretty quick to implement these shelter-in-place orders. Other states didn't implement them at all, and that actually gives us a lot of empirical leverage. That, that's, that's part of the basis for our, our strategy is that we can, we can take advantage of the fact that some states implemented them sooner, some states waited until later, and so we can look at trends in the disease, and we can see how different those trends were in places where the states implemented them sooner versus later. So here's a quote that uh, seems to sum up the study pretty well, at least for me anyway. Uh, we find no evidence that SIP policies, that's shelter in place, we find no evidence that SIP policies uh, led to reductions in new COVID cases or deaths. Indeed, the point estimates for both outcomes are positive but insignificant. Can you uh, translate that and what, what does that mean in, in, um, for, for a civilian? Sure. So we're, we're, we're doing our best to try to estimate the effects of these policies to see if they actually helped. Did they have, did they have the desired effects? And the answer is that they did not. The answer is, um, if anything, it looks like they may have hurt, although they probably didn't hurt either. But there's certainly no convincing evidence that they actually stopped the spread of the disease. Um, and one potential explanation for that is that we also find very little evidence that they meaningfully shifted people's behavior. So a lot of people were already sheltering in place, even in the absence of shelter in place orders. And then a lot of other people um, didn't listen to shelter in place orders and, and weren't affected either way. And so that's probably the explanation is that these state and county orders didn't meaningfully shift people's behaviors. Yeah, um, I think there, there are probably a lot of people out there whose businesses went down the toilet who might find uh, your st- your statement a little disappointing and kind of annoying. Mm-hmm. They, they didn't mm-hmm. work. We do, you know, we do look at economic effects as well. Right. Of course, you know, we don't separately look at small businesses and different kinds of businesses, and I'm sure the impacts differed a lot depending on what industry that you're in. But on average, we do find that the shelter-in-place orders did increase unemployment. Um, 
they had, you know, a, a, approximately a one percentage point effect on unemployment. So um, it, that doesn't explain all of the adverse economic effects of the pandemic. Um, it's, it's still a small share of all of that, but a one percentage point increase in unemployment is still a big deal. What about the effectiveness uh, based on the length of the lockdown? I mean, up in Canada, uh, I've been paying close attention to that. They're still in a lockdown. Uh, as far as I know, they're not in school. They're, there's no, they're not allowed to play golf, uh, hockey, anything. It's still, still going on up there. Yeah, so we, we looked at that to some extent. We looked at you know, how to be effective of these shelter-in-place orders change as they've been in place for longer periods of time. And you do see some interesting effects. So on mobility, for example, it looks like all of the effect seems to be immediate and then dissipates pretty quickly. So as soon as the order is implemented, people people reduce their mobility a little bit for a couple of days. And then after a week or so, they're kind of back to whatever they would have been doing in the absence of the shelter-in-place order. And how For unemployment... Go ahead. Sorry. Um, just for unemployment, it, take, it actually takes a little bit of time for these effects to manifest themselves. But mm-hmm. once these policies have been in place for a couple of weeks, that's where you start to see the effects of unemployment. And interestingly, it looks like those effects don't reverse themselves as soon as you get rid of the shelter-in-place order. So you can remove the order, but the, economic, the adverse economic effect uh, still seems to persist. Well, one of the things that, they, that, that uh, we all remember, I'm sure, is that it started with everybody has to stay home and hide under their bed, and then it went to... Um, you could you could get uh, takeout at a restaurant. Then it went to twenty five percent. So, uh, uh, did you find anything to to show that that was effective? The gradual, um, I guess, reduction of restrictions. You know, uh, from twenty five to fifty to seventy five. I think we just went to one hundred percent around here about twenty minutes ago. So. We, you know, we did not look at that, you know, in, in particular, we did not look at, you know, uh, restaurant guidelines, for example, capacity guidelines for right. events. We're looking at kind of the bigger, more binary, is there a shelter-in-place order in place or not? Okay. But you're right, that would also have been interesting to look at some of those, you know, more, more detailed policies that were happening at the local level. Well, because when you hear about or look at the study, and I read the, most of the study, I think I got through it, and uh, uh, I, when, you, when you think about um, what was going on? We all went through that with the twenty-five and fifty percent uh, stuff. You you get the feeling that um, you know you, you hear that you hear the, the governor will say uh, as of um, March twenty-second we'll increase the capacity in the restaurants to fifty percent. Was were all those things that they you know from twenty-five to fifty were all those things that all the governors and county commissioners and mayors and everybody else was was that all very arbitrary? I mean. Was there anything in your study that showed that there was any anything that they could have been looking at to make those decisions? I think, you know, I think they were facing a very difficult decision in that they did not have a lot of evidence available to them. You know, I am not uh, an epidemiologist myself, so mm-hmm. I don't want to, you know, say right. what, you know, nec- you know, what would have necessarily been the right decision given the information that they had at the time. Uh, but um but I would say they did not have a lot of evidence available, and they were kind of making their best guesses based on what we knew about the virus, what we knew about how it was transmitted. Um, I, I don't envy the position that they were in, um, but you're right that there's, you know, I'm sure for a lot of citizens it felt somewhat arbitrary what the policies were at any given time where they were living. 
We're talking to Anthony Fowler. He was part of a study with uh, PNAS, that's Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences, to find out the effectiveness or lack of uh, effectiveness of the uh, shelter-in-place policies, lockdowns, that kind of thing, during the pandemic, which is obviously, you know, it's still going on. Now, you looked at uh, other studies and came to this conclusion. There's a quote from the study. Uh, reassessing those designs and specifications, and I'm assuming you're referring to those other studies, reassessing those designs and specifications leads us to conclude that previous studies have overestimated the effects of these policies. Um, how much did governments depend on the studies you cite to set their policies? I don't know the answer to that. I don't know the extent to which they were looking at that. Um, you know, governments were trying their best. They were looking at available studies. They were looking at projections about case counts and so forth. Um, but these other studies were out there claiming claiming big effects, and they, those studies did not stand up to closer scrutiny. They um, either made, you know, kind of mistakes in the way they analyzed the data, and once you corrected for those mistakes, the results changed, or they made lots of arbitrary choices, and it turns out, you know, you need a very particular combination of these arbitrary choices in order to get the, the desired result. So I would say this, this is certainly an area you know, a scientific area that has been highly politicized. A lot of people assumed that shelter-in-place orders were effective, and so it was probably much easier to get a scientific result published that, that confirmed that expectation. Uh, but but some of those studies, it, it looks like, were, were in fact unreliable. Uh, and you refer to these studies. Are they studies that were, were they universally um, followed or, re- or referenced in, in, you know, were, as this thing went on? Yeah, they were certainly... Mm-hmm. They were certainly published in prominent journals and widely cited. And I think, I think to this day, probably those other studies are cited more often than our study is, partly because, um, if you, you know, if you want, if you want to say that the lockdowns were effective, then you're going to cite those studies and not ours, of mm-hmm. course. <laughs> well, were there any positive effects of, uh, the SIPs? I, you know, not that, not that we could detect. I mean, that we looked at, we looked at COVID cases, COVID deaths. Uh, we looked at mobility, which is, you know, the mechanism through which shelter-in-place orders were, were thought to be a, potentially to be effective, and we looked at unemployment. So, uh, so no, um, I'd be open to, to your thoughts about what other outcomes we might have looked at where, where we could have potentially found some other positive effects. But, no, we did not find any so, clear evidence of benefit. But, but, Anthony, I just want to make sure I have this. I'm getting this right. You did a very extensive study. With uh, and not just you, you were multiple people involved in this, multiple authors, and the answer to the question: Were there any positive effects of shelter in place? And your answer is no. This is what uh, this is what we're supposed to be looking back on now, as we went through fifteen months of insanity. Yeah, I do want to emphasize that our study does not show that sheltering in place behavior was not effective. So if you were you know working from home and you were doing your best to socially distance. That was probably a good thing to have done, but what our study does find is that government orders to shelter in place were not especially effective because people didn't meaningfully change their behaviors in response to those government orders. Um, and here's another quote from the study. Um, if S- if, if uh, SIP orders did not have large effects on behavior, as you say, you they probably didn't, it, it is hard to imagine how they could have had large effects on COVID-19 cases and deaths. That's kind of just what you just explained there. Mm-hmm. Um, so you were able, though, to measure the amount of compliance with the orders that were put out there? 
We have, you know, we have proxies. Of course, we don't have, you know, great measures of how much people are socially distancing, yeah. but we have things like cell phone data, GPS data. We can see how much are people moving around, how much are people people driving on the roads, and we can see there were very small reductions when shelter-in-place orders, you know, were introduced that seemed to dissipate after about a week. Wow. Of course, the total amount of mobility changes nationwide. So, mm-hmm. as you know, as as employers are asking everybody to work from home. You see big reductions in mobility, but those are very similar patterns regardless of what your state shelter-in-place orders look like. Um, This is all very scary to me, uh, but uh, when I think about what we went through for the last 15 months, but here's another scary quote from the study. SIP orders likely would have been more effective in slowing the spread had more people complied with them, and future SIP orders would likely be more effective if they are coupled with greater enforcement. Uh, greater enforcement is what kind of scares me, Anthony. How much greater would the enforcement have to be? Well, you know, it's a, you know, I think everyone you know has their own view about how you know how how willing they are for the government to kind of take you know take meaningful actions in people's lives. I certainly understand the inclination to say, you know, I don't want the government telling me what, you know whether I can or can't go walk around in my local park. But um, you know, one could argue that. Um, if you did really, you know, if you did really take the pandemic seriously and you really wanted to mitigate the, the, the spread of COVID-19, governments could have actually been out, you know, finding people more aggressively, um, policing social distancing behavior even more than they did. Um, so that's, you know, that's up for any individual to decide where they want to draw that line. But certainly the government could have done more to enforce compliance than they did. Yeah, um, th- as I mentioned, they're they're still doing that up in Canada and they're having people when they come across the border from being out of the country, uh, they have to quarantine for two weeks, and this was just in the last week or so, and they have to uh, take a Zoom call from somebody from the health department and uh, show the health department official that they are taking a test while they're quarantined for two weeks. And then when those test results come back uh, negative, then they're allowed out of their house. So, I mean, that, and that's, that's going on now, uh, right now, as we speak. Uh, so... It didn't um, uh, some I mean, there's an entire country north of here, and I'm sure there are still people here. I still see people wearing masks and everything. There are still people here who think that this has all been great and it's all worked, and boy, we did a nice job, right? I mean it, it is the the consensus seems to be that it was the right thing to do. Sure. Well, there's certainly, I think one challenge is that you know we don't we don't get to see the counterfactual. We don't get to see what would have happened had the government done something different. Mm-hmm. But I think, I think it's reasonable to look at our study and to say, whatever the government did probably was not the best thing. Either, you know, maybe they should have done less um, and just let people, let people decide for themselves how much, so, you know, and, and, you know, maybe they would have had, you know, avoided some of those un- unemployment and economic uh, effects that we talked about. On the other hand, maybe you might look at our study and say, maybe the government should have done more, you know, um, they had all these shelter-in-place orders, but they didn't get the compliance that they hoped for. Maybe they could have done more to, to better mitigate the spread of COVID-19. I think both interpretations are reasonable. Yeah, I have a soundbite that I'm going to play after the break um, from Andy Slavitt, who is uh, Biden's uh, COVID czar, I guess, and he's author of a book called Preventable. And he basically is saying the next time this happens, we need to be uh, – people need to cooperate more. People didn't cooperate enough. That's his stance, so – that's, I'm sure that's what's going to happen the next time, right? They're going to come down harder. <laughs> I, you know, I don't know. Um, 
you know, I think maybe there is something about just the, you know, the American mentality where we don't like to comply with uh, government orders that are unusual. And maybe that's a good thing in most circumstances. Yeah. But, um, but you're probably right that uh, you know, if something like this comes along again, maybe governments will be better prepared and, and might do a better job of uh, enforcing compliance. Hey, Anthony, I'm out of time. Uh, that's my mentality. I really appreciate you clearing that up. And uh, thanks for being on the show. Hope to have you on again. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. Great to talk to you. All right, that's Anthony Fowler, and we'll be right back. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. British Prime Minister Boris Johnson has confirmed that the next planned relaxation of coronavirus restrictions in England will be delayed by four weeks until July 19th as a result of the spread of the Delta variant. Senate Republican Leader Mitch McConnell warns he'll intervene if he sees Senate primaries next year that threaten to advance a weak GOP candidate to the general election. Senator McConnell told the Salem Radio Network he and his allies are ready to get involved if they see a candidate likely to win a state primary, but who appears unqualified for the general election. McConnell says he and the Senate Leadership Fund will be, quote, keeping an eye on the races and take action if needed. McConnell and the Republicans are striving to regain majority control in the Senate next year. They'll be wary of a repeat of 2010 and 2012 election cycles. In those, the GOP fielded candidates who won the primary easily, but unraveled in the general election. Bob Agner reporting. This is SRN News. Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret. We make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things like by a world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's, so thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover, all for just three bucks plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 3388 at checkout. That's harrys.com, code 3388. Enjoy. Okay, we admit it. Pittsburgh is famous for steel. But what about all the other things we're famous for? Take 1980, when we invented the emoticon. How's that for a smiley face? And the terrible towel. Come on, who else can turn a common household item into a sports icon? The Big Mac? Yeah, that was us in 1967. See, we figured if we like it, so will America. And boy, were we right. You get it. We get it. And this station gets you. AM 1250. The answer. It's finally time to replace that old leaky roof, or how about some new siding? You can count on Windows or Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. This is John Steigerwald. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows or Us offers repair and replacement for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, windows, entry doors, even decks. A leaky roof left unfixed can lead to mold and mildew. Maybe you lost siding during the recent windstorms. Don't put those repairs off. Windows R Us offers 12 months no interest financing and no processing fee through Dollar Bank. Want new factory direct replacement windows for your home or office? Choose from 100% vinyl, commercial aluminum, wood, and composite. And how'd you like to never clean your gutters again? For a limited time, get a free gutter filter with the purchase of complete siding or roof replacement. That offer's valid through 63021. All with 
both 12 months, no interest, no processing fee, and backed by the best warranty in the industry. Schedule your free estimate and inspection today at windowsrpittsburgh.com. That's windowsrpittsburgh.com. It's 3 p.m. For 50 million kids across America, school's out. And for a third of these kids, they're out on their own. Out with nothing to do and nowhere to go. Gives a whole new meaning to the 3 o'clock bell, doesn't it? It's time to support the boys and girls clubs. Visit greatfutures.org. AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. WPGP in Pittsburgh. A division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the Answer mobile app, smart speakers, tune in, iHeart, or radio.com. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. Looks like the storms have moved on out, but we are left with a lot of delays, especially Parkway East outbound, barely moving at all between Oakland and Edgewood. Swiss fail. It is down to a crawl in the single digits for your speeds. On the inbound side, heavy 2nd Avenue to the Fort Pitt Bridge. Looks like pretty normal delays on the Parkway West outbound, a little slow into Carnegie. Heavy inbound 28 from 40th Street to Veterans Bridge. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, The Answer, Weather. A severe thunderstorm watch is in effect through this evening. We'll see a thunderstorm in spots this evening, otherwise partly cloudy skies tonight, low 58. Tomorrow, partly sunny with a thunderstorm in spots in the afternoon and a high of 73. Tomorrow night, patchy clouds, low 51. Wednesday, periods of clouds and sunshine will reach a high Wednesday of 72. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. This is the John Stackerwald Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. So, um, did you hear that uh, That uh, on the news there that Boris Johnson, the, um, the uh, Prime Minister of the uh, UK, he said that the lockdown over there is uh, f- going to be for four more weeks. They thought they were going to have a Freedom Day. And... It ain't going to happen. Not for four more weeks. So um, that's uh, that's that's what they're dealing with over in the UK. After you just heard, just heard that they did a study and found, and not just they. These aren't just you know a bunch of guys. They uh, they're the they're they're a, a pretty reputable organization, and they just did a study and basically said that the lockdowns were worthless, useless, did nothing to prevent death. Or, or spread of the disease. And so Boris Johnson is over there. He's going to do it for four more weeks. And they're really tortured over there in the U.K. Uh, just absolutely tortured. So that's one aspect of it. I mean, it's still going on. I, I, I talk a lot about Canada here, and it still is going on up there. Um, and I think over in uh, – I think Canada is just as bad, if not worse, than the U.K. Um, and they there are – Studies that show that they are not doing any good. Think about what you went through the last 15 months. Uh, tougher for some people than others. Uh, you know, anything from not being able to go to a nice restaurant to not being able to see a relative who's uh, on the verge of dying. You're not allowed in the in the nursing home, that kind of thing. I mean, uh, it, everybody was affected in some way. So... Uh, Andy Slavitt, okay? Now, this he's, he appeared on CBS. This will give you an idea of what's in store, because I don't think anybody should believe, especially if you're a young person and not old like me, 
nobody should believe that um, you have seen the last of a mask on your face. It's going to happen again. And especially if you're younger, because we're talking about, you know, years down the road, uh, you're going to do this again. Well, this, is, this guy's name is Andy Slavitt. He was on uh, CBS News this morning. He's there. Uh, he's described as Biden's COVID nineteen czar, and he's the author of a book called Preventable. Listen to what he said. Uh, I believe it was today, and and just keep just keep your masks handy. Don't throw them away. Listen to this. The book is called Preventable. How much of this pandemic was preventable, and how? Well, of course, we would have had a, a pandemic here in the U.S. no matter what. Um, but, but and look, we can count the, the, the mistakes, and I think it's important that we do it for nothing else so we don't repeat them. We obviously had a set of technical mistakes with the testing and, and the, the PPE that we know about. But if we're honest, we also had two, two other types of mistakes that caused a lot of loss of life. One were just plainly political leadership mistakes. Um, there was a lot. We denied the virus for too long out of the Trump White House. We, there was too much squashing of dissent and playing on divisions. But I'd also think we all need to look at one another and ask ourselves, um, what do we need to do better next time? And in many respects, being able to sacrifice a little bit for one another um, to get through this and to save more lives is going to be is going to be essential, and that's something that I think we could all have done a little bit better on. So when we look in the mirror and evaluate our own role in all this, the public, how we could have sacrificed more, as you say, and we think about the possibility of a difficult fall or winter or a difficult variant, what more needs to be done now to prepare ourselves as a public, putting aside the government and, and the scientific part of this, for us as the public, what's the message? Well, there's a couple simple things. One is that that all the people that for so long live so close to the edge, that don't have a great safety net, that don't have great uh, health insurance, uh, but they're forced to work day in and day out to serve us. They're growing crops. They're delivering food to our warehouses. They're, they're, they're working in grocery stores. They're delivering food to our door. All those people are at risk all the time. And, and, and so we have to, we, there's a chapter in the book called The Room Service Pandemic, and it talks about how a lot of us had, had it quite okay during the pandemic and others didn't. So we should be looking at that. And then, look, preventing the spread of the disease is really about a couple simple things, not breathing near one another in large spaces. That's really that's really it. If you want to be overly simple about it, and that requires a certain amount of sacrifice and change. It's a short period of time, and we, we none of us can do it forever, and it's not pleasant. But but when we do, um, we reduce the amount of spread pretty dramatically. And if the variants come back in the fall, as 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 they will, the people who are unvaccinated really are going to need to pay serious attention to that and consider getting vaccinated. Oh boy, when the variants return in the fall, did you hear that? I mean. Look, it's uh, we're in the middle of June here. Fall is not that far away. You know, first of August, which is six about six weeks from now, you're going to start seeing ads for back to school, and 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 uh, and in the month of August, uh, I'm assuming that schools are going to open as normal. And this guy is talking about what we're going to do if there are variants and people who aren't vaccinated are going to have to be really careful. Do you see what I see coming here, possibly here in the next couple of months? We're going to be back with the masks, and this could be happening again. They've found out that they can do it once. But but again, in case you missed our, our, uh, our earlier segment before the break, the uh, Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences, you just heard what this guy said about it's, if only people would have complied more and, and, um, and done more and, 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 and uh, been more observant of the rules and blah, blah, blah. This, this is the quote from that study. 
We find no evidence that shelter-in-place policies, and that includes shutting down restaurants, we find no evidence that shelter-in-place policies led to reductions in new COVID cases or deaths. Indeed, the point estimates for both outcomes are positive but insignificant. So uh, they looked at some other studies uh, that apparently a lot of government officials were going by saying that uh, these lockdowns were going to were necessary and were, were going to save us all from hideous death. They looked at the studies that were widely used, and this is what they said about that. Reassessing those designs and specifications leads us to conclude that previous studies have overestimated the effect of these policies. That's what we're dealing with now. Uh, and, you know, we think this is over. I'm in here in the studio again for the first time since March of last year. Um, nobody's wearing a mask. I go into the supermarket now, and I'm going to Giant Eagle, and they're not, well, some people are still wearing masks. I don't know why, but they are. There are some people out there still walking around outside in masks once in a while, but sanity seems, seems to have returned. Um, but this guy, Andy Slavitt, who's a, a, you, you catch the title of his book, Preventable, so he thinks that if only you would have listened to uh, done a better job of following the orders of people like Tom Wolf and his aunt Rachel and uh, Newsom out in California and Cuomo and all these people who sent uh, people who were already sick into nursing homes and killed thousands more they didn't have to die. Uh, just it's it's just now ending, and they're already talking about what they're going to do the next time a variant shows up again for a, for a disease that ninety nine point seven percent of the people who catch it survive, and the country was destroyed. I have some numbers on that on on uh, on the country being destroyed, um, and the the number of uh, businesses forty percent. Remember, we're just we just heard a guy say that this stuff was didn't work. Okay? It didn't it didn't help. But while it didn't help, forty percent of small businesses, according to the National Academy of Sciences, were destroyed. Forty percent. Now what's a small business? That's a that's a that's not just, you know, a mom and pop store. That's any business with fewer than five hundred employees. Forty percent destroyed. That's 98, uh, those, the, the, uh, what, what qualifies as a small business, uh, fewer than 500 employees. That um, describes 98% of the businesses in America, 40% of that 98 destroyed. That's what we're dealing with, and these people are still out there talking about it. And talking about how if only we would have done more, if we would have had more rules, if you would have listened to the rules better, we all would have done much better. And uh, I don't know how to get better than 97.9% or 99.7% survival rate, but I guess you're pushing for 100. Anyway, when we come back, uh, I'm going to tell you, you're going to hear a uh, major gaffe by, uh, by uh, Joe Biden yesterday. Stick around.
It's finally time to replace that old leaky roof, or how about some new siding? You can count on Windows or Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. This is John Steigerwald. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows or Us offers repair and replacement for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, windows, entry doors, even decks. A leaky roof left unfixed can lead to mold and mildew. Maybe you lost siding during the recent windstorms. Don't put those repairs off. Windows R Us offers 12 months no interest financing and no processing fee through Dollar Bank. Want new factory direct replacement windows for your home or office? Choose from 100% vinyl, commercial aluminum, wood, and composite. And how'd you like to never clean your gutters again? For a limited time, get a free gutter filter with the purchase of complete siding or roof replacement. That offer's valid through 63021. All with 12 months no interest, no processing fee, and backed by the best warranty in the industry. Schedule your free estimate and inspection today at windowsrpittsburgh.com. That's windowsrpittsburgh.com. As dads, it's our job to capture as many memories with our kids as possible. It's also our job to embarrass them, and if we're lucky, we get to do both. That's why I'm thankful my son created Legacy Box, the world's largest digitizer of home movies and photos. And I'll never recover from the time you showed up to my middle school dance to disco in front of everyone. Thanks, Dad. But he's right. Simply fill your legacy box with your old VHS, camcorder tapes, film reels, and photos, and we'll do the rest. And in just a couple of weeks, you'll get your originals back, along with a DVD, thumb drive, or cloud delivery. Stuff that even an old man like me can figure out. Check out Legacy Box today. Plus, for Father's Day, we're offering an incredible 50% off. Visit LegacyBox.com LBOX. This is one of the best discounts we've offered. That's LegacyBox.com slash LBOX for 50% off. LegacyBox.com slash LBOX. I have two dogs, Sam and Bailey. Both are golden retrievers. Poor Sam, he was a mess. Always itching. His paws were soaking wet all day from just constant licking. He had bald spots on his back. I just don't like putting shocks and steroids into your dog all the time. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Dynavite is nutrition. Probably two weeks after he started Dynavite, I started seeing great improvements. And today, 99% of his issues are non-existent. It's amazing stuff. Since Bailey has been 12 weeks old, he's been a Dynavite dog. And he has zero issues today. He won't eat his food without Dynavite. When I get out the Dynavite, my dogs actually salivate. Like I'm getting them a treat. They drool over it. Dynavite is the best thing you can do for your dog. You won't believe how happy your dog will be. I get my Dynavite from D-I-N-O vite.com diabetes high blood pressure anxiety meds everyone's on them if you're a 50 year old male maybe a bit porky and you may even have type 2 diabetes a million dollars of term insurance may only cost you about 200 bucks a month call term provider speak with big lou at 800-555-2085 big lou will find a term life policy for you even if you have type 2 diabetes are overweight or have high blood pressure Term Provider has helped thousands of people like you who think they can't afford term life insurance. To buy a million dollars of affordable term life for you, all you need to do is call Big Lou at 800-555-2085. Lou will make sure the scales are tipped in your favor. Call 800-555-2085. Big Lou will answer your call and work to fit you into a term life policy that you can afford. Remember, Big Lou's like you. He's on meds, too. Call 800-555-2085. 
1-855-2085. Warning, listening to this program may expose you to toxic masculinity. The John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250. The answer. Well, I guess you uh, you have to be aware of Joe Biden over there in, um, uh, at the uh, G7 over there in uh, jolly old England. Um, and uh, he's, uh, he's, he's struggling a little bit. Joe's struggling a little bit. He... There's one uh, video of him. He's, he looks like he's under a tent somewhere, and uh, I don't know, they're eating lunch. They're sitting at tables, and somebody asks him a question, and he answers it, and then he starts wandering around, and Dr. Jill has to come up and lead him off of the stage. Um, and then uh, that, I mean, that the, the visible stuff is, is pretty bad. It's pretty obvious that the guy has pretty much no clue where he is half the time. But here he is talking about Libya when he actually was supposed to be or thought he was talking about Syria. Listen. Where um, we could work together with Russia. For example, uh, in, uh, in Libya, we should be opening up the, 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 the passes to be able to go through and provide, uh, provide uh, um, food assistance and economic assistance, I mean, vital assistance to uh, a population that's in real trouble. I think I'm going to try very much hard to, uh, it, it is, and by the way, there's places where, I shouldn't be starting off and negotiating in public here, but let me say it this way. Russia has engaged in activities which are, we believe are contrary to international norms, but they have also um, uh, bitten off some real problems they're going to have trouble chewing on. And for example, the rebuilding of uh, of, uh, of Syria, of uh, of Libya, of you know, this is they're there, and as long as they're there without the ability to bring about some order in the in the region, and you can't do that very well without providing for the basic economic needs of people. So I'm hopeful that we can find an accommodation that where we can save the lives of people in, for example, in uh, in Libya, uh, that uh... not exactly uh, JFK there, <laughs> or uh, R- Richard Nixon, you know, in in Russia, um, or even Donald Trump. That uh, that is pretty pretty scary. That's the president of the United States of America, and I saw somewhere that uh, uh, Trudeau, the um, the Prime Minister of Canada, he was actually. Um, overheard saying that he thought Biden would be gone by the end of uh, next year, by the end of 2022, and that uh, Kamala Harris, uh, who may be may take a trip to the border by then, <laughs> Kamala Harris will be the president of the United States of America. It just uh, it doesn't get uh, any better than that. Boy, that's pretty scary. But. So uh, enough of Joe Biden. Um, He's still over there. He was, oh, by the way, he was supposed to have a press conference today. And he was two and a half hours late for the press conference. And I think he had met with Erdogan of Turkey, but he uh, he was supposed to have a press conference and he was two and a half hours late. And, you know, with him, you don't know if if he's late because he was, I mean, he's the president of the United States. He might be doing something, you know, kind of important, and he can't do his press conference because something came up. That's perfectly understandable. But with him, you don't know if he was just taking a nap and forgot to wake up. I mean, that's that's what we've seen for, what, what these first six months. 
if something if he's late for something, you, ha- you you can't just say, "Well, he must be involved in some serious negotiations with someone." He's he's preventing World War Three. No, he took a nap and he didn't wake up, or he pooped his pants. I mean, something. Who you know? <laughs> what? It, it could be anything. It, he's the president. Anyway, enough of him. So then there's this. I wanted to get to this because uh, this is still going on uh, with the uh, gender uh, bending and all the stuff that's going on in the schools and uh, and uh, with these people who are now in charge since January, this is going to be worse and worse all the time and more ridiculous and stupid. Uh, finally, uh, and then in Loudoun County, Virginia, People finally got really upset, and uh, they went to a school board meeting, and their parents down there are really rebelling against uh, some of this stuff. And here's an eighth-grade girl talking to the school board there. Listen. Two years ago, I was told Policy 1040 was just an umbrella philosophy, and you weren't going to allow boys into the girls' locker rooms. But here you are doing just that. Everyone knows what a boy is, even you. Your proposed policies are dangerous and rooted in sexism. When woke kids asked me if I was a lesbian or a trans boy because I cut my hair short, it should tell you these modern identities are superficial. My guidance counselor's response to my concerns about bathroom privacy and safety was, well, there are stalls in the bathrooms. Now boys are reading erotica in the classrooms next to girls, and you want to give them access to girls' locker rooms, and you want to force girls to call those boys she. You do this in the name of inclusivity while ignoring the girls who will pay the price. Your policies choose boys' wants over girls' needs. There you go. Um, And this is an eighth-grade girl who's smarter than anybody on the school board, wherever that was. Smarter. Uh, And it's it's not necessarily just being smart. It's common sense, not being ridiculous. Well, I I don't have a lot of time left, but I, I wanted to mention this, too, because... Uh, we had this on a few weeks ago, and I, I got a statement from someone at the University of Pittsburgh, and they pretty much denied that uh, any, they had been doing anything that anybody should be upset about. But, but um, this, is, this is as of just uh, a couple of weeks ago. I, did, I hadn't seen this, but the, the headline is, University of Pittsburgh won't explain its planned parenthood ties. It's written by David DeLeden. He's the founder of the Center for Medical Progress, and he's the the person who was responsible for the report we had uh, a few weeks ago. Uh, He says, I testified at the PA House uh, Health Committee hearing on fetal experimentation earlier this month, and he says that... um, they, the, the Pennsylvania has a pro-life reputation, yet the University of Pittsburgh hosts disturbing and barbaric government-sponsored experiments on aborted babies, infant scalping, exporting fetal kidneys, and killing live aborted infants by organ harvesting. Mounting evidence connects Planned Parenthood to it all. Uh, in one study published last year, Pitt scientists described scalping five-month-old aborted babies to stitch onto the backs of lab rats. They wrote about how they cut the scalps from the heads and backs of the babies, scraping off the excess fat, quote-unquote, under the baby's skin before stitching it onto the rats. Um, I've mentioned this a couple of times on the show. I got somebody from Pitt on to give a, a pretty much of a, a nondescript uh, denial and just a kind of a uh, leave us alone, it's not a big deal, there's nothing to see here kind of a response. I have a question. I don't know the answer to it. Um, I, I have not seen this story done locally. I don't know if it has been. Um, 
If it has, somebody let me know. Check me out on Twitter, at Steigerworld, and let me know if you've seen this story done locally by anybody. It's a pretty big story. It's huge, if you ask me. But uh, I don't know. I think I got a feeling it's being ignored in Pittsburgh. I could be wrong. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks. Bye. The John Steigerwald Show is a production of the Answer Pittsburgh and Salem Media Group.